Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, welcome to this very special mini-sode of Banging Book Club. I'm Hannah Whitten. I'm Lena Norms. I'm Lucy Moon. And we have Riyadh with us today. Hi! <laughs> I'm Riyadh Khalif, otherwise known as Riyadh K, otherwise known as Random Dickhead off the internet. Oh! Is that Or, am I allowed to swear on this? Yes. Um, I've been called... Swearing is recommended. The one thing I'm called consistently is a clickbait cunt. Ooh! Um, but I like to think that my CBC? clickbait... CBC? Yeah. So we're like BBC, because we're banging book club. You're yes. CBC. Mm. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm that into was it. a high five for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> 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 dick slap. Like, dick slap. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so last month we read Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, which was about um, two 15, 16 year old boys who are dealing with their family and masculinity and their friendship and actual love for each other. And it's beautiful. It's fucking stunning. Oh. And we invited Riyadh to come on um, Banging Book Club to for this mini-sode, um, because he recently has been present well, not recently been presenting, that was probably a while ago that you filmed it, yeah. but your TV show <laughs> Queer Britain yeah. is out, and it's Woo! all around now, actually. Yeah, the whole of, thing is mm. available. Yeah, as of yesterday, the last episode, six of them, all, all of our babies are out there, and it's really amazing. Um, it was almost a year in the making altogether, yeah. from like the pitching process to then shooting, editing, voiceovers, promotion, and now it's all out. Amazing, and I just finished watching it this morning, oh. and also good. And um, thank went... you for watching it. I always, yeah. say, I always say that when <laughs> I, now people come up to me on the street about the show, and 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 the only thing I can think of to say is thank you for watching it. <laughs> yeah, I like. Thank I don't you. know because you know when someone comes up to you about your YouTube channel, it's you know it's a very personal thing. They're looking into your life, but this is like a professional work, isn't it? Yeah. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like thank you for supporting my art. Or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> a nuisance in, in a way because it's like not on their usual platform it's what six half hour episodes yeah so it's like three hours worth of content it's quite a lot to get through yeah, yeah. but all the episodes are on YouTube so you can watch them at like 1.25 1.5 speed <laughs> <laughs> don't take Hannah's Hannah's a very busy woman but I wouldn't recommend you know <laughs> literally yeah. I was just like, like I need to watch all of these and there's like a safe time producers and editors been editing in those well timed theatrical pauses yeah with the music yeah. and the, even my pauses I'm like and how did that it's make you Right? I still got all of the pauses. Mm. They were, yeah. ju- you know, it was proportionate. Concertinaed. I get you. Um, yeah. 
So what? So there's six different episodes. What are the different themes of each episode? So um, each episode looks at a different aspect of LGBTQ life in the UK, different issues. So uh, we've faith and sexuality. Mm-hmm. We've um, body image and body shaming. We've uh, racism and um, porn. Um, I always homelessness, homelessness, and the last oh, one, really? yeah, that would that was a really difficult one to film. And then the mm. one that just went out yesterday was a synopsis of the entire series, and sort of like what is queerness today? What who yeah. identifies as it? What what it means? How it's been reclaimed? And I yeah. think the great bit about that episode was the the an acronym is that the right word? Oh yeah, of it. So if, should we LGBTQIQQIAAP? Yeah. What do you reckon? What, what is yeah. it? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. Uh, LGBTQQIAAP. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. There's two T's. There are as two. Well. Okay. Queer. Oh, there's two T's. So, oh, yeah. Okay, we'll try again. LGBTQQIAAP. Okay. Okay. We can we can tag team this. Okay. So. Oh yeah. Bisexual. Trans. Trans what? Transgender. Yeah. The next T. Transsexual. Yes. Okay. And then queer questioning. Yes. Intersex. Yes. What, what else? What, what Asexual. Else? Asexual. And then a, there's another A. Agender? You are it. Yeah. No. 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 Ally. Yeah. Ally. Oh, You're an ally. I'm really excited about that. I was that. like, aroused? <laughs> <laughs> what then, are you, Lena? I'm always aroused. What's the P? Pansexual. Yes. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I was really confused by the two T's. Yeah. Really interesting. Because, so, transgender is, like, gender identity, and then transsexual is is if you've had, like, a medical sex change. Yeah. Is that what the difference is? Which, but isn't transgender, like, the umbrella for both of them? Anyway, I don't know. Well, isn't that also... Well, you yeah. know, there's also a plus after all of those. So oh, yeah. it goes on, on and on and on. Do you know this? We're going to have to do that. Because we only learned recently, I think, that there's a lot of scope in the discussion of, like, what trans, what is trans and what isn't trans yeah. from various right-wing groups all the way up to, like, the yeah. fingers through the Lacey Green stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, my God. So, 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 allies are included in that abbreviation yes. how do you feel about that i don't I, know how i, I feel about i feel that. great it was actually only today i got a tweet and it was um a, a group of um gay guys discussing whether they wanted that a in mm. there and they said they don't agree with it and i didn't want to get involved because you know these things online they can just blow up um mm. but i so i think it's great i mean i wouldn't be where i am today and as confident as i am today without my allies by my side mm. um hannah is one of the strongest allies i know and her normalizing my sexuality day to day when I'm around her makes me feel great mm. and makes me feel like mm. I can do whatever I want, you know. Yeah, I, I, I do feel weird about it though. Yeah. Like, I think if I was with like some of my queer friends and they were like, yeah, ally, you're, you know, that's in it, you're, you're one of us essentially, then I'd be like, okay, cool, like in this circle, mm. we're okay with that. But then I wouldn't then go around being like, there's an A and N. It's for Ally, and I'm I'm in it too. Yeah. Include me. Like no, it, okay, I've this... not experienced the same like marginalization that you've experienced. Well, you have. Um, you try to understand as best you can and support as best yeah. you can your your queer friends. And I look for me, it's they're just fucking words. Mm. It doesn't yeah. really matter, does it? And I think anyone who's getting um, stuck up and weird about you know who and can and can't be in it. 
it defeats the purpose of the whole thing. It's like it's meant to be accepting and open, and and anyone could be, you know. Mm. Yeah. I think um, it's when what comes after the the abbreviation. So if it's like if we're talking about LGBTQ issues, then I feel weird having an A in there. Yeah. But then if it's if we're talking about um, so the, the, D- community. The, the DUP are against the LGBT community, then yeah. I'm like, yeah, you are against us. You're, if you're against one of us, you're against all of yes. us. So I think mm. there's that. It's like when, 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 when you need like a drawbridge being drawn up to like protect you, then I'm happy to be in it. But then if it's yeah. like, if we're talking about, oh, can, can, can I be a voice of the LGBTQA community? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, you well, know? I, I just feel like um, the queer community, we are stronger with our allies. We've got more voices. Mm. And we've got more opinions, and we've got we've just got more pushing power. What what was the hardest episode to shoot? Yeah, and um, the homeless episode was the hardest one. Yeah, because um, we when I came out, I always thought there is a chance that my dad will kick me out, or something will go wrong, and I will end up on the street, or I'll end up just sofa surfing or trying to figure myself out, because. Although I look back at it now and I think that never would have happened in reality, mm-hmm. you just don't know before you come out what, what the reaction will be. I'm sure that's so, a fear of a lot of people oh, as yeah, well. Oh yeah, loads. Um, so then when, when I got the chance to do that documentary, um, I was you know being brought to different parts of the country to meet these guys and girls who had been through just that. And it, it was heartbreaking because you're looking at this, this guy Damien, for instance, in Birmingham, who's been homeless for eight years and... Was he his, the guy on the street that you interviewed? Yeah. yeah. He had his um, uh, sleeping bag set on fire. He's been attacked. He's um, had all sorts of different um, illnesses and different conditions because of the, the, the cold. And um, he's got such an amazing personality. Mm. He's so warm. He doesn't feel sorry for himself. He goes, well, if I'm not going to be happy, then what's the point in even being here? Mm. I could be in that puddle there and I'd still find a way to make people laugh. This is his exact words. And it's just to the ground, you know, it makes you feel like, wow, you know, you, you we are so lucky. Um, but also I felt sad for like what he could have been or could have achieved if he had been as lucky as me with his parents. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, the, you know, the other people I met, it was just really, really like it jolted me because you, you live in this London gay bubble and everything's a OK and fine, mm. you know can walk down Soho walking holding hands with a fella and kissing kissing them doing whatever you want really and everything's fine but in other parts of the country it's not always like that can I ask how you found people to be I've always wondered how people find the people to be on documentaries because I know you mentioned that uh, some of the people who took part were your friends or people Mm. that you knew but then when it comes to finding a gay homeless man that you'd love to speak to isn't that like the power of the BBC research team yeah (laughs) it is I mean like this is why um, a show like Queer Britain really can't be done Um, like we make YouTube it it needs people power and a lot of people working day and night it also needs like the name of the BBC power as well because people trust that name they Mm. know that the programme is going to be you know balanced and um, unbiased and it's going to be truthful and, and, and not exploitative because yeah. um, the, they really are the, the key, key things when it comes to making documentaries from the BBC. <laughs> Even my questioning has to be, you know, I, I can't try Oh, and... my goodness, because you interviewed some interesting people yeah. whose views that, you know, like we completely disagree with, but you like held your cool, or at least the way yeah. that they edited it together yeah. and made you look like a reasonable person. I think the one we are talking about someone um, who ca- is called a potato queen. I was literally the- about to mention that because your face as you shut the laptop after having Skyped him 
and you put your head in your hands and I know you would have said something after that but that was cut yeah. like I could just tell you would have <laughs> yeah. turned to the production team oh, gone, the, oh but there was my a piece goodness to I feel completely objectified but I, I think it was that guy hard. and then it was also the guy that um, the conversion, the conversion therapy. therapy guy oh, yeah. as well I, I said to the crew uh, when we started I said I, I would like to interview as many people as possible that have opposing views to me and views that are a little bit out there, a little bit different, and maybe a little bit like more right. And I, not right as in correct, right as in right wing. And I was um, pleasantly surprised by who they found, um, and also shocked. And the thing is, in the documentary, my role is to try and get the most out of the person and give them a platform to speak whatever they want to say. Um, it's not actually to challenge that view. Um, they're just given a sounding board. If it was more of an investigative journalistic sort of like we're going to hunt down the bad politician type documentary, then maybe I could be a little bit more Newsnight about it. Um, oh my God, you and getting so, your Jeremy Paxman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was a tonal thing. And you know, there were a couple of a couple of lines that were said after um, those uh, interviews by me uh, where I basically just gave my own opinion on, on what they said. And, you know, we, I think we just thought that they didn't really add to what... what the people were saying because if I, like I felt like they they say it all themselves and the viewer's gonna like come to their own conclusion this is it. and especially when you've got like the real life stories of all of the queer people who you know their opinions like affect yeah. uh, then you kind of can see I don't know I think people would come to the right conclusion and um, see yeah. what they the think. main thing in, is in the documentary is to just have visibility of both sides and like you said let the viewer make their own decision you know, if someone's watching Queer Britain, they're watching it because something about it perked their ear. They, mm. they were like, what, what's all this about? Um, and I don't think you're going to convince anyone. I don't think you're going to convince anyone uh, to feel a certain way just by how I interact with them. Um, but I'll, I'll just say about that that guy, Alexander, the potato the, queen. Yeah. Mm. So he... So explain what a potato queen is for our listeners. Chris. And the situation in which you are speaking to... A self-identified potato queen. <laughs> yeah. So the episode that he appears in is the racism one, uh, episode four, I think. And uh, he is an Asian man who will only have sex with and date white men. And that makes him, in his own words, a potato queen. And he's written a book about being a potato queen. Oh, I didn't realize I he think it's a called, book. Yeah, The True Confessions of the True Life of a Potato Queen, which is how he was found right. for the okay. documentary. And um, I initially thought it meant that he had a fetish for Irish guys. That's what I thought which, when you said Which is yeah. pretty legit, <laughs> yeah. way, you know. Um, so we, we began talking and, and pretty much straight away when I started the call with him, I'm a white man. He goes, oh, you're gorgeous. And I knew it was because I was white and I was mm. a gay man. And it was, I felt so uncomfortable and he was just like, well, it's because I fancy them because the white race is superior. And yeah. I was just like, huh? Oh, yeah, no, when I heard that, I was like, wow, 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 wow. He actually said it. He said that. And yeah, it was. Go on, Lena. You're just on. like, you're just like, <gasps> this one time I dated a boy who, who was, was a white Asian, supremacist. And he would only date white girls. But he said it was because apparently there's a thing. I don't know whether we should cut this out because I don't know how true it is. He said there's a scientifically proven thing where <laughs> people who are in minority backgrounds in predominantly white societies associate people of their own race with their family so they're not attracted to them no. because they no. No. <laughs> we knew no. he was a fuckboy though didn't we remember yeah. when I dated so him? I but think it's about it's about 
beauty standards mm. and it's about white caucasian being like the ideal beauty mm. it's why there's so much like I'm not saying surgery in asia like, in terms yeah. of like getting your nose done to look mm. more white well, or your eyelids but done even to make if it you look, look at white. alexander who i interviewed he had contoured his face to make it look more caucasian heavily mm. contoured his face and he was you know he he really held white people up there as as superior and and what was cut out of the interview just for timing's sake was he went on and on about why Asians are inferior. Aww. Yeah. And uh, and why other races as well, not only his own. And it, it was a bizarre thing that to talk to horrible. someone who was like self-hating in a way. Yeah. Um, and I challenged him on it. I said, okay, so like, just tell me why you think we're superior. And then he was talking about inventions and the development of language and all these things. And it was just... You... The Chinese invented the printing press before Europeans did. Yeah, and like the Middle <laughs> East... It was was it in Iraq that the um, language and the wheel were invented? And mathematics. Mathematics is an <laughs> yeah. Arabic thing. So there you go. Basically, yeah. all we've done is a jet engine. We didn't even do that very well. And most of the things that the whites we, we made. Did we did guns because that's how we colonized. We did oh. guns. Oh, okay, <laughs> we did great. We did guns um, and steam engines. Jeez. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. that it, it was uh, that was very interesting, and I've always wanted to be put in situations. I love mm. awkward moments. If you look at my YouTube channel, <laughs> Mom reads son's grinder messages or me calling my childhood bully. I live for awkward. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I get satisfaction out of that because I would never put myself in a position in a million years where I'd do something that made me I get tingles all camera. over, Lucy. I don't know what it really? is. When I'm in that situation, even sometimes on the street, I'll just say something to someone and then I'll just let the silence. <laughs> You're so weird. Yeah, you know. Are you... So my dad described me as a frog kisser because I'll go into lots of conversations to try and make... Find the best one. I'd um, imagine you're kind of similar in terms of you try and talk to like... Or try and like pull out the good stuff out of all are you of talking about in parties weird. yeah 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 like in a yeah. party situation or if you're on the street and you're like you're impossible to track down at parties I know I'm a floater yeah but I've always been a floater like even in school <laughs> Lucy just thought of poo <laughs> I know <laughs> we can tell sorry I'm back but you know I think I think being a floater has uh, I can't. <laughs> uh, sorry being one of those people um, uh, has moulded me into uh, what I do now Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
and what I want to continue doing which is which is documentaries and making television programs because I just love talking to people and of asking questions and when I do get bored of a group of people I move on yeah <laughs> and I would always wonder why why do the popular kids always hang out together and never anyone else or why do the, the hipster kids the, you know the why do the gay or the goth kids always just group together and I was always going from one to the next one to the next which was good in one way because I had a lot of sort of surface level friends mm. but I had very very few best friends sure. yeah. I actually had none until I was a bit older so that was yeah difficult but I'm not complaining about it it gave me a career <laughs> you're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. nailed it what were um, like did you have any expectations going in making something that was for TV essentially rather than for YouTube like was there anything you expected to be different and like yeah Anything that was control that you wanted to control. Or yeah, like, yeah. Oh. It's weird, like giving it over to a whole team. It is because it when you're on YouTube, you're you you are the you make the concept. You um are the on screen talent. You're the editor. You're the marketer. You're everything, mm. and all of a sudden, I was just the presenter. That's it. The great thing about that was that for the first time in my life, I could focus one hundred percent on just being a great inquisitor. And really just like connecting with the interviewee on a level where I didn't have to think about the sound or the light or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me a better interviewer, I think. I think a lot of the, the good moments in Queer Britain come out when you you really like connect with the, the pe- person, the person yeah. that's there. And, and yeah. they, you know, you make them feel comfortable and they trust you enough to like share all of this yeah. stuff about them. Yeah. But you know what I, I find the best trick is to do, like if, if anyone's listening and they want to get into TV or any interviewee type stuff, when your person, your subject arrives or when you, you know, meet them, the moment that you meet them, from that moment forward, like you are engaged, you are fully there with them. Every, nothing else matters apart from you and them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen interviewers go into situations where they'll just turn it on when the camera goes on then they'll turn it off when the camera goes off if you want the person to be on side with you when the camera's on you've got to get their trust before the camera's even set Mm. up because they're themselves the whole time aren't they it's not their job (laughs) this is it they're there they've never been on camera they're nervous Mm. but they're also going to be talking about something hugely personal so I usually go in and I have a really deep and and meaningful conversation with them I usually give a part of myself to them yeah um, so mm-hmm. say we're talking about a body image um, subject like a guy uh, Rye who had bulimia I talk to him about my own body image issues and my I don't like my stretch marks and I don't like my little belly and I don't like this and that the other so that I'm no longer this um, authoritative figure this BBC presenter humanises you I'm just a guy who mm-hmm. is here to talk with you have a chat and then when you're on camera it almost turns into a therapy session between both of you and you're both getting something out of it and by the end of it you're knackered but you're really really like you feel buzzed you feel like you're floating Um, but yeah the the great thing about having having the show was that there was a crew there and they were making it look pretty and they had all they did all their own jobs the hard part was that uh, the edit I had no control of the edit and when you're mm. used to I'm going to edit that out because I don't like my face at that angle or I'm going to turn the saturation down because my face looks a bit pink yeah. or I'm going to you know yeah. y- you can't make yourself look pretty or sound good you just are what they make you yeah. yeah and also the tone as well whilst as much as you can trust the team of people and, and the fact that you've pitched it I assume and you've it was so, a collaborative thing it actually was yeah. their idea but we oh. came up with the, the episodes together yeah mm. yeah. yeah. so you've got so much trust in the team I want to talk about the porn episode. Oh. <laughs> I was dying for you to watch the porn one because you're Hannah Witten, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
what did you think of it? I thought it was... I think because... So, I went to a porn set in Barcelona. Yes. I went to porn school when I was 16 years old. No. <laughs> um, and so I was really interested to see who the BBC had gotten for you. Yeah. And if it was any different to the kind of porn that, that I saw. was seeing getting made. So different. Right. Um, you, the, the porn that you saw was very... Amateur. Yeah. Very amateur. It was just like one guy... Like we could film it right now with, yeah. with the setup that I have uh-huh. here. We could just like we could just pause the recording. Can, now was, I know why men are weirded out when they walk in my room and they see like my <laughs> camera and my light and my microphone. Oh, I get that all the time. If I bring yeah, a guy yeah. back for like a you know a little yeah. kiss and a cuddle, whereas the they're like, why is the why is your SLR and your yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, just don't worry about it. But like yeah. the, the the Erica Lust uh, shoot that I went to was. You take the sex out it was like an indie film production yeah because because the amount of people that were there the um yeah high budget well not high budget it's indie budget but yeah um because i don't know the the stuff that um the what was his name george george the stuff that george, young hung brit young hung young hung brit do you have to is there a paywall for that or is it on free porn sites with adverts do you know it's it's both Oh, okay. um, yeah, so I think because Erica Lust stuff is like only behind a paywall, right. like it's expensive. A lot of his stuff it. is on Xtube. That's where he found his fame. Yeah, and he has grown it there. And certain films of his, you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys looked so young as well. Yeah, you see that what we were trying to show is um, that that shoot in particular that you're talking about is the um, Chav porn mm-hmm. shoot. And Chav, porn, I love that there's a niche for Chav porn. Yeah. So chav porn is, is this yeah. gay men that love seeing kind of like yeah. chavy chavy boys. So I had to dress up to be on this porn shoot. I had to dress up as a chav in in a tracksuit and have a little cap on and yeah. Is that and, problematic in some way as like a it's like class fetish? Yeah, surely. It's a class so, fetish. Well, I'm sure like Owen Jones has something to say well, about it. George George so had um, George who makes these films sort of like yeah. Made, yeah. Sort of described why he does it very well. He was like, I grew up in a working class area, and mm-hmm. a lot of the guys were, you know, a little bit more rough around the edges, and they'd be spitting and they'd be saying, "Oh fuck you" and all this, and you'd almost be afraid of them as a young gay guy. But then it, it becomes a fetish as you find your sexuality and you find yourself, and that's why a lot of gay men fantasize about this like super hyper masculine, rough young guy, and. And that's what he's making. So he's dressing up his porn stars. To There's look a demand like them. for it. That's so yeah, you give the people what they want. His lens is from that background as well. Then okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's definitely something you could talk about all day and all what night. What did you but, think of it? Because in the episode, you were like, "That's not what I expected. I don't feel good." Yeah, um, it was really, really weird to be in the room while a, a gangbang was happening. Like, and not only was I watching it, but as you saw George gave me the camera and I yeah. had to direct part of the porn shoot as well as holding the camera I was inches away from the action um, you know there were there were noises there were smells there was all a lot of humidity in the room and I was saying you know telling them you know what they should do next creatively um, and it was the most unsexy thing that I ever could have been involved in because for me sex for me is a very personal thing I've never had sex with anything more than one person at a time anything (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I you know I'm I'm very kind of like traditional in that sense and this was you know this is a gangbang happening before me Um, 
I can see why it is sexy for a lot of people. But what I did get out of it and what I learned from it was that this is not just porn uh, in order to make people feel horny and to get them off. But for the performers, it's an outlet for them to feel sexy and to feel wanted and to feel the things that they can't normally feel when they're out and about. Like, and to get paid. And they get paid. <laughs> um, a lot, like a couple of the guys said, you know, when they go out to nightclubs, they, they aren't seen as attractive. They don't get any attention. But when they do their porn, they become a star and they their online following grows and it gives them a boost. Now, obviously, there's a question in there. Is, is that a healthy way to get your boost or mm. not? But we're just telling the story. Um, or the other person, the story that really, really touched me was Cookie Pup. Yes. So Cookie Pup is a trans um, cam star. Yeah. And a cam star is someone who sets up a webcam in their bedroom and performs live. It's not recorded or edited. It's happening in the moment. And she can have anywhere from three to 500 people watching her live and um, tipping her and paying her. Um, and, and the money that they pay means that she'll do different things for yeah, them. Yeah, so there's like different goals. Like when she reaches mm. a certain amount, then like she'll do something. She'll yeah. But the dildo. beautiful thing about it was, is that like in the comments of her stream, there'd be people being like, I'm scared, of, I'm trans and I'm scared about coming out. Like, do you have any advice? And so it was like a therapy mm. session as well as like a little bit of titillation. And and yeah. she's, an, she's an activist, you know? Yeah. And she's an adult performer and an act- activist in one. Mm. And she said it herself that the thing that she loves about what she does is that she's created this online community of um, trans people who fancy her, but also learn from her and see her as an idol. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a whole other side to it that I never expected to see. Although I wasn't turned on by what I saw, I was inspired in a way by what I saw. Yeah, Yeah. no, Um, fair enough. It was a funny one, though. It was a funny one to do. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I was turned on when I watched them filming <laughs> really oh the yeah. boys no not not in queer britain the the Erica oh sorry oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but it was a very, <laughs> that was a very different experience because um it wasn't the uh, erica as the director wasn't hands-on she kind of was just like this is what's going to happen in the scene and then they just started having sex um knowing kind of where the scene was going right. to go and then there was absolute silence on set there was no like, oh, can you do this and do this and do this? It was literally oh, very natural. It was just like we were just watching two oh, people God. having like a sex session without with just a camera just like moving around them, but not actually intruding, more like observing. So that's what I thought was kind of cool. Because I that. went to a, um, you know, Davy Wavy, the YouTuber. Yeah. I went to a porn shoot with him in Barcelona a few weeks ago for Men.com, mm. which is a massive, massive studio. Um, you know, they, they weren't in queer Britain. So this was the other side. I'd been on a, an amateur shoot, then I'd been on a professional shoot and the differences are, are vast. Yeah. It is like being on a sitcom set. The equipment is the same. It's yeah. big. Um, I think men.com, their, their shoot was a little bit more, you know, planned out. There was a storyline to it and there was a lot of starting and stopping. But just like that, I couldn't stay any longer than 20 minutes before I just was like, I got to get out of here. And masturbate? No. Oh, you just didn't like it? No. Oh, well. I, I I was the other way around. I'm like, I need to leave. I, uh, oh, because you <laughs> so need to touch yourself. Yeah. Back Did you go back and touch yourself? I was with Melanie. We like were touched planning to, other? but we didn't. No, we didn't touch each other. Okay. No. Just checking. But we did. <laughs> Banging book club exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Banging. Banging. But um, we did get given matching sex toys. But anyway. The reaction to it. Yeah. Um. Because mm-hmm. you, you usually you're used to seeing people's comments like straight away. You upload something and then you're like, oh, okay, this is how people are reacting yeah. to it. Like, one, you had to wait a really long time before yeah. anybody in public saw it. 
How does that feel? Have you been mad following the hashtag? I have. I have to be honest, I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it's, it's, uh, it was such a passion project. These mm-hmm. are like my babies. Yeah, yeah. And, um, all six of them. Yeah, all six of my little babies. And, and they're all out there now. And you, you do feel this, this real, like, you know, um, fatherhood, like a, a maternal sort of, like, I'm going to protect these. Yeah. And if Don't you say anything bad about them. I'll know, come for you. <laughs> the way it is, when you make something with a national public service broadcaster and it's on a contentious issue and you're talking on behalf of people mm. about something so close to their heart, their sexuality, their gender identity, you're going to get a lot of hate, as well as has a lot of love. Has there been a lot of that? There's been a bit. There has been a bit of, of, you know, people saying, why did you call it Queer Britain? I hate that word. Stop calling it. Stop saying it. Stop saying Have it. Have they seen the last episode? That's how I tweet <laughs> now, and I'm like, I would like you to maybe watch the last episode, and you might understand why the word is actually now been reclaimed, and it's actually a positive thing. You don't have to mm. identify as it, but it, it's got a purpose. Um, but also I've got to have my, my TV presenter head on now and not respond to everything because, sure. you know, you, on YouTube, you're, like we said, you're your own um, yeah, boss. You can, have you can do what you want, you can... but I've got to be, you know, mm. careful. You and can't conscious. really have arguments no. based on it, like on behalf of the BBC. But a lot of the time as well, you, this isn't my project. This is the BBC's thing. I'm hired to be the presenter. And uh, in another case, I guess the, the face of it. Um, but that doesn't give me like speaking rights. Mm. Um, I can only say what I feel. And that is, I think it's great. I am really happy with it. Um, I wish I had it when I was a kid. Mm. I can't imagine the good that this would have done for me when I was a young uh, closeted boy. Um, and I'm so happy that they have decided to put it on YouTube as well, because this is something that an international audience can benefit from. You know, usually these shows only live on iPlayer and, or they get broadcast once and then that's that. But this is going to be there forever. Um, and a lot of my audience are, are overseas and I think that's why they decided to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so good. the feedback has been great. It has. It's been 98% <laughs> fantastic. And that's good. I couldn't ask for anything more than that. And the, the crew are over the moon and we're talking about new ideas and... We don't know what's coming next. But... Oh, exciting. We'll see. Mm. Yeah. Any last questions, ladies? Any last statements? Any last statements? Man? Thanks for having me, lady. Lady, lady. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Banged. I yeah. feel like I've been banged. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, that's what, that should yeah. be a thing. I've been when banged. we have guests on, we're like, that? you've been banged. You've been banged. <laughs> if you want to watch Queer Britain and you're in the UK, um, go to BBC iPlayer. It's going to be there for a year. Um, if you're not in the UK, head over to the BBC Three YouTube channel and all six episodes are ready for you to watch. Ding, 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 ding. So exciting. Thanks so much for yeah. chatting Thank with us, Riyadh. Um, you should also read Aristotle and Dante. I want to. Yeah. Oh, I think so you'd good. love it. I really? You mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know, a, another book that I just came across, which I think sounds similar to this, is called Simon versus the Homo Sapiens yeah, Agenda. Yeah, I've got That's that. meant to be really good. good. And yeah. they're just making a movie about it now, and I was on set in Atlanta, um, so it comes out next year, and it's going to be totes emotion. Totes emotion. Mm. Yeah. Uh, thank you, bangers, for listening. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and rate, review, 
how does this how does podcasting work? Do we, <laughs> we've been doing this for write a year us, and a half, and we're us, still just bad at it. Write us some really nice reviews on iTunes, please. That would be great. Yeah. Um, and our next episode is going to be on the game. The game by Neil <laughs> Strauss. Pray, pray we're actually recording it right after this. So. I actually think I hate it more than Men Are from Mars, which I never thought would happen. Like uh, John Gray is like basically my dream date compared to this guy. He's an absolute <laughs> hero. Okay. Um. Yeah, don't forget to look out for that, which will be out on the 27th of June. And go follow us on Twitter, at Banging Book Club. Where can people find you, Riyadh? On the internet. At Riyadh K. Yeah, at at Riyadh K on everything, and that's R-I-Y-A-D-H-K. If you didn't understand his accent. You'd be such a good tuner. It's so funny you said that. As a child, or even now, what am I saying? It is my dream to be the train guy or girl. (gasps) How do you well, get into that? Do you start at like, please take your items from the bagging area, and then like when you, then you like, like, yeah, how does yeah. a career progress through that? I don't know. Like, what do you do next? <laughs> this is a Northern Line train from Morden via bank. Yay! <laughs> did, did it. it. Yeah, oh, nailed good. it. Okay. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.